I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emily Cunningham. Welcome to Gym City Diversity, the podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We are from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. You may notice a new voice joining us today. We are excited to welcome Emily on the team here at NCCJ. She is joining us this summer as a podcast intern. Our previous intern, Emma Scoble, has graduated from University of Dayton. We are incredibly appreciative of all that Emma has done over the last 12 months and are very glad to have Emily joining us for this summer. My name is Emily Cunningham and I am a student at Ohio State University. Each year in June, we celebrate pride. This year, the celebrations may look different due to COVID-19, though the celebrations are still important. Today, we will be interviewing Randy Phillips, the executive director of the Dayton LGBT Center. In addition to this episode today, we will be highlighting other groups and individuals throughout the month. This episode, as have our last few episodes, is being recorded remotely to facilitate safety during this time of coronavirus. Due to this, you may hear brief noises from phones, birds out the window, or any other series of sounds that may occur due to this remote recording. Hi, is this Randy? Yes. Hey, Randy, this is Lake Miller and Emily here. How are you guys doing? Great, how are you? Not bad at all. Excellent, excellent. Well, we appreciate you taking time to meet with us. About a year ago, we started this podcast, Gym City Diversity, and the idea of the podcast was to highlight the rich diversity that exists within the Dayton community. So we started off by doing an episode last year. Our kickoff episode was about the KKK visiting Dayton and mm-hmm. kind of the history behind that. We've done episodes on LGBTQ history in Dayton, and what we've kind of moved to at this point as Emily is joining us this summer as an intern with us, is highlighting voices throughout our community. So obviously in this month of June, we'll be highlighting some voices of pride and LGBTQ centers and voices within our community. Of course, we're also having conversations around Black Lives Matter and things like that. Um, Of course. So that's kind of what, what we're shifting to right now. So we'll just start out with what is your name and what's your title? My name is Randy Phillips, and I am the executive director of the Greater Dayton LGBT Center. Wonderful. So can you talk us through what the LGBT Center is? The LGBT Center is a community-based organization uh, for the LGBTQIA community. So that way people can have a safe place to come, to work together, fellowship together, sometimes share a meal and uh, and be and live their authentic selves no matter who they are or who they love that's great i know a lot of what we're doing when we're talking about diversity and inclusion is really talking about that authentic self i love that quote that you've put out there and i think that's of a lot of importance how many individuals are coming in contact with your organization typically when we uh, hold our pride events each year we have people that come from as far south as northern the Cincinnati area, all the way up to like Sydney, Ohio, to the north, and as far west as Richmond, Indiana, and as far east as Springfield, Ohio. 
if mm-hmm. you were to add up all of the population of that particular area, you're over one million people. Wow. And if you were to then extrapolate and say one-tenth of that population is LGBT, that means there are over 100,000 LGBT people that live in the greater Dayton or uh, southern uh, western Ohio. And so that's a, a large uh, a group of people that we're continuously attempting to reach out to. Our membership itself of paid memberships are way under that, but yet we have a lot of people that come to our center on a fairly regular basis who aren't uh, necessarily members, and that's quite all right because we welcome all. We are a safe space for all individuals. That's wonderful. So where did the organization come from? When was it founded? Who founded it? Well, actually, it began in 1975 when a group of men got together kind of at a local bar and were lamenting the fact that there really wasn't anything outside the bar uh, for people to do. So out of that idea grew the Greater Dayton LGBT Center in that they then began to organize and they planned a little pride celebration and even a pride dinner. And or from that, uh, the LGBT Center was then uh, became a 501c3 in 1976. So for over 40 years, the LGBT Center has been in existence. When it first started, it was just simply called the Gay Center. But as people progress and things like that, we realize that there is a need to ensure that everyone can identify. And because of that, that's when the various other acronyms uh, came into play. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. Where in this history did you become involved with the LGBT Center? While I was aware of the LGBT Center for a number of years, I did not get real involved directly until probably 2011. Okay. And so for the last few years, then I have been involved with the center and trying to help it grow and become all the more established. For a number of years, the LGBT center was a virtual center in that we didn't have our own uh, home we quite often uh, were housed at uh, at a various churches and that kind of thing as we shared their space. But it wasn't until 2017 that we actually signed the lease on our own space that we now have, where we ha- now have about 6,000 square feet where uh, folks can come, fellowship together, maybe even mm-hmm. read a book <laughs> uh, because we do have our own library, and just uh, – work with one another. That's that's great. I know for a lot of groups, they struggle with that same problem. And there's an issue of if you're kind of utilizing other people's spaces when you get together, nothing truly feels as though it is that home that you reference. I'm wondering if you can talk about what it meant to to yourself and to the members of your organization when you first got that home. Well, actually, it meant Uh, all the more giving more validity to the group itself. So that way we did feel like we had a home. Quite often when we were planning events or planning 
one of our programs that we do is a quarterly dinner series where once a quarter we plan a community dinner for everyone and everyone gets together and just shares a meal and able to share that camaraderie with one another. And we kind of jokingly say it's kind of our way of building community one fork at a time. Uh, But it's a way that we can share a meal and lift each other up. And when we did not have a space, you know, it was kind of a lot of the events that we even have now and even the support groups that we have now, we were not necessarily able to have previously because we were always looking for a space to hold that at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that has given – by giving us a home, it has given us the opportunity to expand our programming to help other people. So that way we do have programs such as SOAR, which is a group for survivors overcoming assault and rape. Wow. So we can have groups for the for an Alcoholics Anonymous group as well as a sober living group. So we can have a group for our transgender group for our people of color group Mm -hmm. and a lot of the other and even a yoga group. We have a yoga uh, class that meets every Thursday night and just so that way we can stay healthy both in mind and in body. And uh, so those kinds of programs continue because we now have our own space that we can share. That's great. I think that is fantastic that you offer such a multifaceted selection of resources for all members of the LGBTQ community. Can you briefly discuss the history of Pride in Dayton? I know you mentioned that the founders initially had a series of Pride parades. Can you talk a little bit about Pride in Dayton and what that means for the community? Well, Pride, of course, stems out of the fact of everyone being proud of who they are, being open and being the individual and celebrating their authentic self. And when we, and especially in times like that we have seen over the weekend where so many people have been oppressed and that oppression has driven people to to sometimes even act up, it becomes all the more important for that self-expression to be able to say, this is who I am. That's what pride, and that is what pride is all about, is being able to celebrate the individual. Pride here in Dayton has been around for a number of years. It began, like I say, as a pride dinner back in the early and mid-70s. And the, as far as a pride parade, a pride parade, I believe, began in 2001. I actually would have to go back to look to our history to, to verify, verify that. But I believe it began in 2001 with a very small parade in downtown Dayton. It mm-hmm. took very, very little time because there weren't that many entrants. But that parade has grown exponentially over the years. And even last year, with the parade uh, lasting almost one hour in length, and those that were at the front of the parade could still look down and see people still beginning the parade as they arrived at Courthouse Square from where we typically start at Cooper Park there by the library in downtown Dayton. So it has grown and it continues to grow. Even the information booths that 
are quite often at Courthouse Square. Those information booths started off with a few here and there, and now we average over actually over 70 booths each year at at Pride at Courthouse Square. Wow. So I think for a lot of people, when they think of Pride, a Pride parade is really the only thing that a lot of people think of it when it comes to this month. That Pride parade is sort of the capstone event of Pride or of the Pride month, if you will. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is, the, you know, before these Pride parades happened, that there was still really a rich history of a Pride month. And then I'm wondering if you can talk about a little bit more about what some of those events that were happening before the parade may have been. Before the parade, here in Dayton particularly, they actually held a annual Pride dinner. They would rent out a, a place in the last few years that actually was even held at the Dayton Convention Center where yeah. they would uh, rent the space and uh, sell tickets <laughs> for it. And folks would come in and uh, not only share a meal, but then they would hear a guest speaker or or someone who would uh, inspire the community and share in their pride together. Quite often, it was a, com- a well-known comedian or whatever. Suzanne Westenhofer was quite often uh, one of the speakers, as well as Poppy Chaplin. But as the years progressed, we saw that more and that that people attending kind of dropped off a bit in the in the as the years uh, went on. So that's when uh, gears were kind of shifted for a more public event and the Pride Parade. So you mentioned that it was maybe around 2001, the first Pride Parade in Dayton. Unfortunately, it has been postponed for this year. Can you talk about what the delay of Pride means for you personally and how it will affect other members emotionally? (laughs) Well, it's it's sad in some in many respects that we've had to postpone it but of course we have to put the safety and the health of our community at, uh, first and foremost so while it has dampened our spirits a bit in that we can't hold it during pride month that doesn't mean that we won't celebrate just as hard in august when we do celebrate on august 21st through the 23rd because we need to sell it. It's all the more important to celebrate our individuality. Of course, I agree 100%. Do you foresee any changes in the festival or parade due to COVID-19? The only changes may be we may see a lot more people wearing masks, which I would hope. Uh, We may see a little bit more social distancing and things like that. But other than that, I don't see a whole lot of differences, you know, or at least that's the plan at the current time. You know, if uh, things uh, don't work out in that regard, then there's always, there will always be some sort of an alternative so that way we can share in our pride together. So kind of looking back at the actual Dayton LGBT Center, you mentioned that originally your roots were maybe more of a virtual center, mm-hmm. and it seems as though likely you're seeing somewhat of a shift towards that during this time of COVID-19. 
I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how your center has had to adapt, what programs are still being provided, or perhaps what's been delayed or kind of changed in format. Well, the only thing that has changed is all, all of our groups are continuing. Uh, we have just switched to online groups to where the, uh, the various groups still meet, but they're meeting via, via various uh, online platforms, whether that be Google Meets or Zoom or those uh, sorts of platforms. And the groups have continued to meet and meet together. And also during this time, we've also instituted a program where actually physically calling all of our members just to check on them, see how they're doing, see how this COVID time has impacted them, or if there is anything that the center can do to help them through this time. Some have been struggling because of the mental aspect of just being locked up in their house. <laughs> and that's what we're, we want to be there to, to help them ease through that process and realize that we are a community together. And even though we may not be able to meet in person or hug each other, <laughs> uh, we can still be there for this virtual hugs. Absolutely. And what's been the, the overwhelming response from your from your membership while you were making these calls? For the most part, everyone's just very pleased that someone's reaching out to them and that someone is taking the time to care and, and just check up on them. A few times I have come up on one couple who, bless their hearts, is a couple that both of them are in their 80s, and they were scared to death to even go out mm-hmm. because of all, of all of this and they were getting to the point where they needed to make a grocery run, but they were afraid to do that. So I was able to help them with a few items and just took it over and dropped it off at their front door. And then they were able to pick it up off their stoop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I walked them through how they could go online and order their groceries and drive, drive over to Kroger and have Kroger employees put it directly into their trunk and they could drive back home without any issues. So sometimes it's just a matter of calming those nerves and that kind of thing and assuring them that they're going to be just fine. Right. It sounds like a a beautiful community that's been created through this center. It's amazing, you know, what a simple phone call asking how you are can really, what the effects of that can be. It's occurring to me as, as you're kind of talking and we're talking about the impacts of COVID, have any of your members been affected by the coronavirus in terms of perhaps having the virus or having to deal with someone who may have it? Uh, I, in making those phone calls, of course, that's one of my first questions. But fortunately, to date, we don't have any members that I'm aware of that have been impacted personally. We do have one uh, pers- person in our community whose mother, who lives in another state, uh, has been impacted, but she is, from what I understand, is doing just fine and has recovered from the impact of the pandemic. But she is uh, progressing well, and he is doing well as well now, knowing that she is now out of harm's way and, and recovering. That's great. So, how could somebody become involved in your organization if they're looking to to learn more or to give back or become involved? What would be those steps? 
actually the best way to reach us is to actually reach out either by phone at 937-274-1776 and give us a call and we can discuss with you your needs and also uh, how you may even become a member of the LGBT Center, as well as you can go to our website, www.daytonlgbtcenter.org. You can even click on membership right there and it will actually tell you how you may become a member and even some of the perks of becoming a member, such as some of our partnerships with local restaurants that if you become a member and get your membership card, and yes, you become a card-carrying member of the Gay <laughs> Center, that uh, you can then show your card at those participating restaurants and sometimes get a percentage off your meal when you've exhibited your card. Okay. So as well as you can see the various programs that we do there and our calendar, as well as the things that uh, you can participate in that are coming up, such as Pride, and how you can get involved in the planning and helping with even the execution of Pride itself. Great. So a lot of people that we have been interacting with as we're preparing for June, which would normally be our Pride Month, a lot of them are feeling kind of unsure as to what they should do this month as far as Pride and what the correct you know, kind of route is as far as what their actions should be, what types of things they can do on social media or what types of education they can pursue to educate themselves and become better versed as far as LGBTQ history or culture or anything of that nature. Do you have any advice that you may offer as to how we can still celebrate pride during this month in this time that we cannot be together? Certainly. The best way to share your pride is simply doing so through your social medias and sharing with other friends. You know, the, what, the reason that many of us are able to walk tall and walk proud is because we've stood on the shoulders of many who have come before us. And they did that by being out and proud a number of years ago. And each year, the more and more people that come out, then their neighbors begin to realize, you know, they're just normal, everyday people. They may be our doctors, lawyers, friends, neighbors, but they're just everyday people. And, you know, they're not as bad or as demonized as some would have them be. They're just mm -hmm. normal, everyday people, and they're okay. So I can accept this. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important for Pride Month for people to be out and be proud and share in their individualism and just live their authentic lives. And during this time of pride, yeah, we there's times where it's all, all called for for the flag waving. But, you know, that everyday life of just being who you are is the biggest statement of all. Sure. So by all means, that is the best thing that I can recommend for anyone is just be your individual authentic self. That's wonderful. Uh, I, and I love that quote. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, what I'm hearing from you is, kind of this normalization, this by sharing, by speaking out, we are turning this into a normalized community, whereas before there was marginalization and oppression, which of course still occurs, but the more we speak out, the more that we 
engage the more we start to allow people to be comfortable in their authentic self. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that bringing awareness to the community aspect, unfortunately, COVID-19 has put a strain on a lot of relationships, but I think that it's really amazing how the community has really been able to persevere and really show their community for not only each other, but other members of the Dayton community as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we continue to be ourselves and be out and be proud. Love it. Well, we appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, that pretty well covers it, although I just invite everyone to come out and celebrate Pride on August 21st through the 23rd, that we can all celebrate together, that we can be, live our authentic selves and celebrate our individuality. That's great. Well, we will see you there in August in our mass. In the meantime, have an amazing Pride Month, and we wish you all the best as you and your center are are going through this time of coronavirus. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Gem City Diversity. Come back next week as we dive deeper into diversity and inclusion. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, Go visit www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton.